Pro wrestling can be a lot of things, but one of the most sublimely unique things it can be is an arena where an all-powerful child smashes weird action figures into each other. Metaphorically. Today, two characters who seemingly erupted out of an arcade fighting game are made flesh as a Dutch black metal kickboxer takes on a prince impersonator who throws flying elbows like Macho Man Randy Savage. This week, we're back in NXT. If you remember from episode one, that's WWE's minor leagues, more or less. New wrestlers start here and eventually work their way up to the main roster. It's owned by WWE and its performers are under WWE contract, but it's very much its own thing. NXT fans are also their own thing. They're known for consuming a massive amount of wrestling and not just WWE stuff. They follow independent promotions, both big and small, and they're often intimately familiar with wrestlers long before they actually show up on TV. On one hand, this is great. NXT audiences don't usually have to be sold on new arrivals if they have history elsewhere. On the other hand, wrestlers who haven't already had a storied career are often at a disadvantage. They're sometimes seen as getting to cut in line, so to speak, ahead of those who've been toiling in relative anonymity, just because, for example, they were on some stupid reality show. And that brings us to the two competitors in today's match. Both of them have larger-than-life Street Fighter-ass personas, but the NXT audience was only willing to play along with one. Even though he made his name elsewhere as Tommy End arguably a better, less on-the-nose name than Aleister Black, fans immediately accepted him. WWE Money added try-hard flourishes like vaguely satanic symbols and a motorized casket to Black, but the fans never cared. Yay, Aleister. The Velveteen Dream character, on the other hand, was immediately met with resistance from the fanbase. They had first seen him as Patrick Clark, an athletic but flavorless contestant on WWE's Tough Enough reality show, so when he suddenly appeared in NXT trying to make Fetch happen with a Prince impression, Fans said no thanks, not because they're opposed to overt gimmickry and showmanship, this is pro wrestling after all, but because they sensed that those tools were being used to put an undeserving novice on the same level as a respected veteran. The beauty of today's match is that it embraces that rejection and manipulates it into a platform upon which the performer and the character can prove himself. Velveteen Dream began a winning streak, psyching out opponents with strangely sensual Purple Rain theatrics, but he couldn't psych out Aleister Black. The Stoic Black rejected Dream's antics, ostensibly because he had no use for that kind of silliness. Frustrated, Dream only got more determined to get inside Black's head, and a serviceable rivalry was born. But there's a final wrinkle that makes everything come together. Black insisted on calling his rival Patrick, which made him a surrogate for the audience that refused to see this new character as anything other than a try-hard affectation from the hack reality star guy. Velveteen Dream became obsessed with not just beating Black, but forcing him and the audience to, quote, say my name, and the battle lines were drawn. It was going to be Aleister Black versus Velveteen Dream, with not just storyline respect, but also the metafictional viability of the Velveteen Dream character on the line. High stakes. Today on I Hate Wrestling, it's Aleister Black versus the Velveteen Dream, the Super Street Fighter. My name is Jared. I'm right here. I'm on the podcast. <laughs> a- anytime I hear someone begin a sentence with, my name is Jared, I'm reminded of that vine where the kid is like, I'm 19 years old. I never fucking learned how to read. Wait, what vine is that? <laughs> I've never heard that before. You've never oh heard God. that? No, it's just like this high school kid. He's like, what up? My name's Jared. I'm 19 years old. I never learned how to read. Oh, no. <laughs> That's terrible. So, Jared, you're here in this in the studio, quote unquote. Yeah. And the we're studio that is your room. My my bedroom, yeah. Um, and we're here to talk about professional wrestling. Yeah, I never thought I would be in a room with anybody talking about this. It's pretty fucking random. But yeah, yeah here we are. Here we are. Uh, fate moves in mysterious ways. That's not a phrase. Nobody says that. I say that. You say that? That's my quote, actually. That's your quote. Yeah, you've, you've been on my Insta. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I haven't. I'm not, I'm, not trying to dun- I'm not trying to dunk on you. I just, Instagram is so, is so foreign to me. Good, I, dude. I'm, I'm aware it's a thing. That means you're good at being a human. <laughs> you're doing the right things. I'm, doing, I'm living my life the right way. You've got a room full of toys. Yeah. 
and your pants drawers are labeled. So you're you're killing it out. I here. have my life is so so good right now. Yeah. I'm living high on the hog. Yeah, but you don't see they don't say that. I don't think anybody <laughs> says that. That's the thing nobody says. You know who says that? Uh, I say that and Norm McDonald says that. Norm McDonald says high on the hog? I bet he does. Norm McDonald says a lot of things nobody else says this. <laughs> so. I watched Norm McDonald on comedians in cars getting coffee. Oh yeah? And he said, Hotter than a two dollar pistol. Yeah, what? <laughs> higher <laughs> higher? Hotter hotter than a two dollar pistol? Because two dollar pistols overheat. Yeah, they're not they're not well made. You see. Okay. Was Norm- that in reference to his coffee? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Norm Macdonald has turned into like an old timey prospector so gradually that nobody noticed. No, he was kind of always an old timey <laughs> prospector, wasn't he? Even when he was doing that news shit on SNL, he had the drawl. Yeah. He had the monotone. I don't know. Norm Macdonald's a weird he, dude. He's very much his own thing. Yeah. Last the only thing I ever really remember him from is like playing Death on Family Guy. Which yeah. had me dying a lot of times. Yeah, and then they replaced him with Adam Carolla, which is... Just like the shitty version of fucking <laughs> Norm MacDonald. <laughs> that is the dirt mall substitute yeah, for Norm MacDonald. Oh my god. That is not even like the RC Cola Norm MacDonald. That is like... Okay, here's a metaphor. If Norm MacDonald is Coca-Cola, okay. then Adam Carolla is a two liter of warm hot dog water. Oh god. Oh, you don't have to take him down that low. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> He fills the role. Yeah. You can't put hot dog water in a Coke bottle and trick somebody real quick, like, even for a second. <laughs> okay, so you're here to talk about pro wrestling. Yeah. What is your history with pro wrestling, if any? Um, I do have a small history with pro wrestling. Most, so my, most people do have at least something. Yeah, especially people who grew up in the 90s, yes. you know, because that was pretty much the height of pro wrestling, I think, like, you know, with the scene of, like, The Undertaker and The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I knew, like, our generation's greats. Right. And it was really through my uncle, I guess. Uh, my uncle Johnny, who uh, he passed a few years ago. But um, he was, like, my mom's half-brother. And he was five years older than me, so he was, like, my older brother, basically. Like, he was right. the cool older dude who came by and was like, yo, like, I live in the Bronx. Like, let me show you some cool shit that, like, I do. It was the Eddie Guerrero to your Chavo Guerrero. Okay, is that a wrestler? Yes. Oh, oh, but man, get that shot. That's why I'm here, because I don't know shit about wrestling. But yeah, so my Uncle Johnny would come over and be like, you want to see something fucking cool? And then he'd throw on wrestling, and it'd be like the fucking Rock and Stone Coles and The Undertaker, blah, 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 you know, like that whole scene. And so I didn't really get it, but my uncle was into it, so I was just like, I'm cool, I'll watch this. And so I did end up watching a lot of it, but it never stuck. I didn't really get it. And, I mean, I didn't get most things at that age, pretty much. I was playing Pokemon. I got taken to London when I was 11, and my parents thought it was a good idea to buy me Pokemon Silver before that trip. And I don't remember anything about London, because I played Pokemon the entire fucking time. So my sense of things was limited to, I'm going to play Pokemon. So it's not to say that I couldn't appreciate it. I just wasn't in a place to really examine it. Well, it's interesting that you that you phrase it that way, because... At that time period, wrestling was at its hottest, right? And the characters that you're talking about, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Undertaker, these are characters that sort of transcended the medium. Yeah, So for sure. Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock were bigger than wrestling. Like, you didn't have to understand anything about wrestling to understand that, I want to see what these guys are doing. Yeah. Like, there's something going on here. True, and they're still going. Like, Dwayne Johnson is, like, one of the greatest actors of our generation (laughs) now, which is so weird. Yeah, it's super weird that The Rock is now the most famous and beloved man on the face of the earth. Yeah, but he's amazing. Like, I watched that Jumanji remake, and I was, like, all set to shut it down completely. And it was, like, a great movie. He's so charming. He's so charming. And he's playing, like, a 16-year-old kid or something, so it's The Rock acting like he's a 16-year-old kid. And it's hilarious. He's so good. And he started he started doing this. And what made him such a big deal was his ability to inhabit the character of The Rock. Started wearing... Started lifting that eyebrow. Started lifting that eyebrow. Started wearing loafers with no socks. <laughs> was that a thing? <laughs> that was a thing. I don't remember that. Oh, you don't, you don't remember Street Clothes Rock? Oh, no. I don't remember anything about a street clothes. Okay. No, I can't remember. Let me, let me describe to you Street Clothes Rock in his prime. You got indoor sunglasses. Oh, I mean, obviously. You got, like, a triple XL silk shirt 
three quarters unbuttoned, tucked into chino shorts. Oh wait, no, I remember the sound. Now it's going back to me. You're describing it. <laughs> gold, gold Rolex, ten leather loafers, no socks. Oh man, the '90s was such a bad time for fashion. Oh, but The Rock was doing this so on purpose, so on purpose. It's brilliant. He, yeah. There aren't a lot of people who could do what The Rock could do in terms of inhabiting the character. Yeah, and I transcending think, the right. entire scene. Now, it remains to be seen if the subject of our episode today will be able to transcend wrestling, but I think he has sort of a window into that character force that The Rock had in his prime. And I'm talking mm. about the Velveteen Dream. I think the Velveteen Dream has the same ability that The Rock had to live his character and to just exude his persona and live in that persona. Yeah. I don't know if it's the same degree. Remains to be seen. This kid's only been doing it for like three years. He's just 20 years old, right? Is that what you told me? He's 22, I He's think. He's 22. That's incredibly young. First of all, to look like that. Like, Jesus Christ, what's going on with his body? Like, dude, yeah. it's shredded as hell. But also, like, the, the star power that it takes to, like, do these battles in this day and day and age. Yeah. Where wrestling is nowhere near in the spotlight anymore. Like, I don't think a lot of people are paying attention to it. Like, we're still romanticizing Stone Cold yeah. and The Rock. And, and this dude's trying to come up, like, and be a new dude. Yeah, and Stone Cold and The Rock, that's a, that's a good point that you make. Stone Cold and The Rock were basically standing and still punching each other. Yeah. Well, okay, oh, they're sprinting around. They're sprinting around. They're hustling, but they're mostly throwing hands. Right. The Rock and Stone like, Cold are not flying off the top rope. They're not diving nah, through the ropes. This is this is beef age. It right. Was, you, it rode like strictly on the beefs. Like it was behind the scenes shit. It was uh, Vince McMahon and shit. Like, right. Stone Cold. The politics is what you got into. And anything involving Stone Cold Steve Austin driving a vehicle is, is great television. Oh my god. Monster trucks, beer trucks. I don't even know why. Zamboni. Like, what did it even mean? <laughs> <laughs> At some point his character just sort of became that. And I think he just, we don't have anything for you tonight. So he was like, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to drive that Zamboni. I'm going to drive it down in there. <laughs> like, well, Steve, do you know how to drive a Zamboni? Well, goddamn, son, drove a forklift for 10 years. Pounds of beer. <laughs> Oh, it's great. That was then, but this is now. It, it is, I, I think there are more eyes on the product hmm. now, but I think everything is so much more fractured. N Monday Night Raw is still one of the number one rated shows on cable television, but who's watching cable television? Yeah, okay, that's, okay. I was wondering where you're getting that from, and then I was like, oh yeah, nobody watches TV anymore. <laughs> no one has TVs anymore. Right. So it's still one of the most watched shows on television, but everything's fragmented. Yeah. You know, people are TiVoing it, people are watching it on uh, like we're gonna do, we're gonna watch it on the WWE Network. I'm really shocked by that, though. Like the fact that the scene has been continuing all these years is amazing. Yeah. Like, well, I'd, how many people on the street are gonna know who the Velveteen Dream is? I don't think anybody knows this dude exists at all. No. I'm like I like you showed this to me, and I was just like I like what <laughs> like a Prince wrestler? Like, yes. He's like 20 years late. Yes. And and it's wrestling. Like I. I just don't understand. And he's not just a Prince wrestler. Dude, I mean, it's so much deeper than that, though. Like, this is, like, like the queer battle of our generation has been taken to the wrestling ring. Like, he's trying to femme out wrestlers and shit. And yes! Like, and he's, and, like, this dude, Alistair Black, is just, like, the most stoic, quiet dude. Is he meditating on stage? Yeah. Like, he's just not acknowledged, like, or is he just, like, sitting there just not acknowledging that yeah. Velveteen Dream is trying, like, it was, I only got a clip of it, so, like. Well, yeah, so that's, uh, so, so we can talk a little bit about that, because I, I, I did give you that homework, right, to watch the sort yeah, of Yeah, 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 I watched it a few times because it was so entertaining. Like, right. It's really amazing. So we have we have two guys. They are all about the mind games. Uh, the Velveteen Dream, who does, you know, his whole energy is designed to throw you off your game. And Alistair Black's whole thing is he's unshakable. You can't throw him off his game. So which one's going to break? That's the fundamental question of, of any great rivalry, right? Which... Which force is going to outlast the other one? Yeah, I mean, this is an entertainment game, so really, the name of the game is build a character that is memorable and that people can connect with. And honestly, stoic, quiet dude can't compete with, like, <laughs> goofy prince dude. 
who's gonna shake his ass at you before he like fucking slams you into a mat. Like, there's something really charming about the way he fights and the yes. way he presents. It's 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 really great. Like, and to pull me into wrestling is a really big deal because I really don't give a shit about the sport. But it's entertainment, and one thing I do as a musician and performer, I have an eye for is star power. And like, if you can walk on a stage, it doesn't matter what stage it is. If you can grab people's attention like that, you've got something. And that kid's got some shit. Like the, the it factor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I it, mean, this is a performance. Yes. And people want to be wowed and want to see some spectacular, crazy things. They don't want to see some very calm, reserved dude just be like, "Pop, all right, I did the most damage possible with this very simple move." Like nobody cares about that. This is not real fighting. It's a performance. Right. So, like, you want to be flashy, you want to be out, you want to be just the most eccentric you could be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, and it's weird because this dude is, like, kind of Undertaker vibes. Like, he's real quiet and dark and stuff. Yeah. But he still doesn't have, like, the show part of it. So, I'm wondering what the appeal of this, of this dude is. Like, well, you'll get to see a little bit of that, but a lot of it is packaging. Yeah. Like, the way they, the way they present him. Uh, he's not, He's not a complete package in the way that Velveteen Dream does. Yeah. If uh, Velveteen Dream walks into a room, you want to know what's up with this guy. Yeah, absolutely. If, if Alistair Black walks into a room, you're like, oh, man, I somebody's golf dad got loose. I want to deal with that dude at all. <laughs> no, you don't want to tell you, you feel like talking to him in real life would be tedious. Yeah. It's interesting that you said uh, you used the word out to describe Velveteen Dream because obviously his, his, his presentation is somewhat queer. Yeah. And he has... He's not, you know, the first wrestler to sort of uh, go to that well. Oh, no. Even back in my day, we had, like, a... Uh, Goldust. Was it Goldust? Goldust is... I was uh, actually thinking of, um, like, the Hardy Boys, maybe? Or not the Hardy Boys. They're, it's like, some neon... I'm just seeing some neon outfits. I don't remember who wore them. The Hardy Boys wore, like... No, it wasn't the Hardy Boys. Oh, oh. I'm thinking of... Fucking DX, DX. Oh, DX is super. DX, DX, DX is, is super, super gay. Yeah, he was so fucking, <laughs> <laughs> but in a really rednecky way at the same time. So it was kind of confusing. Uh, yeah, Shawn Michaels. Like if and Axl Triple Rose H, put on some tights and got really ripped. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I was gonna say specifically Goldust, who if you if you don't remember Goldust, wore like a a, a gold pleather bodysuit and face paint and would wear a feather boa and like a platinum blonde like Marilyn Monroe wig. There's an episode about Goldust coming down the pike. It's he's amazing. Goldust is probably one of the greatest pro I wrestlers. I bet I re- remember him if I saw him. There was a, this guy, Exotic Adrian Street, who was kind of a, a drag queen coded wrestler. Yeah, I was in the just going to say that's a super drag name. Like. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Ravishing Rick Rude, who was the subject of one of our previous episodes. Everybody, Ravishing Rick Rude, episode two, uh, is kind of a a big influence on on the Velveteen Dream. Sort of, mm. sort of physically, the the physicality and uh, the love of airbrushing, which we'll get to. And I uh, would love to get to that. Believe it or not, I, <laughs> I actually have a framed photo of Ravishing Rick Rude. Oh, is that who that is? That's Ravishing Rick Rude, right over beautiful. there. Oh, he's so That's great. beautiful shot. Yep. All right. So, do you have any other thoughts about uh, about the uh, the homework? I'm just super curious. I want to get into this beef. I want to know what this fight is like. Like, I'm I'm ready. Like. All right, all right. So what we're gonna do now is we're going to queue up the Alistair Black versus Velveteen Dream match from uh, NXT Takeover War Games. If you want to follow along, we're about to start now. So we're starting here with Alistair Black's entrance, and they've turned like he said. Is it a sonogram? <laughs> <laughs> it's an equalizer, I think, okay. <laughs> which is also questionable. But we've got LED candles. We've got some smoke. Here we have him sort of... Oh, wow. Sort of Is he coming out of, like, a freezer? Like, no, he's, they kind of, like, raised him up out of a casket, Nosferatu style. See, a lot of people are really into this, but I think it's a little bit cringy. Yeah, this is terrible. I mean, there's just mixing a lot of different elements of, like, villains... Well, he's not even the villain. This guy's our hero. Is he not a villain? No. Is Velveteen Dream the villain? Velveteen Dream is the villain. That's an Illuminati eye right there. Are you kidding me? Is he goth? Is he metal? He's like like a biker 
He's a, he's a guy. black metal kickboxer. Like I yeah. think that's that's his character that he wants to be portraying. But you got to remember that he, uh, you know, an extremely vanilla marketing team is sort of trying to sell him. So they're like, you wear a lot of black candles, Illuminati eyes. Yeah, and I, I think he's just doing his best to sell it. He's trying. He's trying. I mean, people do love Alistair Black. Oh, I mean, these people aren't don't really seem to be biting in the no, front no row. One, no one really gives a shit about this. Now, Alistair Black and Velveteen Dream are both new to to this promotion. Is now, this dude really young too? Uh, he's probably north of thirty, I would say. Okay. So he's got plenty of experience. He's got years. Got years on this kid. On uh on Velveteen Dream, and he kind of busted his ass in, uh, you know, the European indies when nobody was really paying attention to the European indies. Okay, so this is this is the the thing that I'm really confused about. So he gets in the ring, and then he sits down and almost strikes, like, a meditation pose. Like, yeah. is he, like, calm and collected and just super focused? Like, what? He definitely is. He definitely is. That's his. That's his whole thing. He's very slow. He's very deliberate until it's time to strike. Then he's fast. So he does have an interesting physicality to him. But man, he ain't nothing. He he's not a patch oh on the dream, God, dude. All right. So here's Velveteen Dream in his uh, third eye sunglasses. Yo, what is that shirt? What are these paint like? This look. Who put together this look? <laughs> uh, now you can't you can't hear his theme song here, but it's just sort of the most generic Prince knockoff track you can imagine. I bet. I mean, it's, I can I can smell the Prince smell. on him, like. And he's sort of intoning over the, uh, over the music. Of course. Yeah, so he's milking it, and right now he's sort of channeling Macho Man Randy Savage with his uh, with his movements. Yeah, but he's got the third eye sunglasses, which is actually a direct Prince quote from Prince's last studio album that he released, which was Third Eye. Well, I guess his band was called, like, Third Eye or something. I don't know, I wasn't really feeling it, so I don't remember, but he wore those sunglasses. Like, the cross earrings, there's so many deep Prince references here. Yeah, and this the sort of spin. Yeah, that's that's a Randy Savage reference. The sort of way he stopped on the way in. That's a Shawn Michaels reference. The chaps are a Shawn Michaels reference. Wow. Oh my God! Get the fuck out of here! Is he wearing pants with his face on him? Yo, stop! They have yeah. both their faces on the pants. Yeah. Now this is a direct ravishing Rick Rude reference. This was one of his big moves. Is he would. Uh, he would put his opponents... Wear the face of his opponents? Yep, airbrushed on his tights. Yo, that is dope. That is the ultimate power I, move. Yeah, he shook. I see it. He shook. He's angry about it. Alistair is goddamn angry. Yo, he's got to take his earrings off. Now, as you remember from the, uh, from the sort of homework I gave you, right, part of the beef is that he's insisting... He wants... Alistair Black to say his name. Yeah. He wants There's Alistair Black to acknowledge on. him as the Velveteen Dream. So, the Velveteen Dream... Ooh. Alright, so they're they're locking up here. And immediately we're kind of seeing that... Oh, Velveteen Dream is a lot bigger than this dude. Yeah. Wow. We're seeing that Velveteen might be stronger. The stronger of the two. But still considering... Oh. <laughs> what was that? Oh, he couldn't get him with that. That was... Alright, so immediately we established it, that Dream is stronger. He went for that slap, but Black had him scouted. He's a little sloppy. He's a little sloppy, but yeah. makes perfect sense, right? He's he's 22 years old. He's got He's given up like 10 years of experience to Aleister Black. And... His uh, his big move at this point is the is the psychology. If he can't psych out Alistair Black, what hope does he really have here? And ooh, what was that? See, okay, so 
So Velveteen Dream's got all the flashy, sexy moves, all the dramatic movements, but Alistair just takes that shit and spins it into, like, a perfectly formed lock every time. Like, yep. He counters everything really well. So again, he goes for he goes for the same hold, and immediately again, he's got to know not to do that. He's such a kid. So immediately, we're seeing the story of this match, right? Which yeah. is he's uh, he doesn't have he doesn't have the edge and experience that he needs. No, he's got flashy big moves that Alistair's seen so many times. Right, you got to imagine deal with it. Somebody who's been doing this as long as Alistair Black has. Velveteen Dream trying these basic Ooh. headlocks it has got to be like wrestling some guy in slow motion. Yep. Yeah, he's ready for all of it. And, and look, he's just sort of just flopping around at this point. Now imagine, this is his first big match. Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream. This wow, is his yeah. first big match against, uh, against Alistair Black, who's also new to this promotion, but a much more established name. So what would this do to his career if he, he, talked, he talked this big game and he couldn't pull it out? No, he's got to get this name out of this dude. That's right, exactly right. This he is his. This. this is his career on the line. And again, he just keeps giving up that arm. Yeah, the arm's getting weak. Whoa, that was awesome! What the fuck? All right, so now you're starting to see the uh, the appeal of Alistair Black, right? He's just a beast, like. Yeah, this is a an octopus stretch right here. Damn, dude. I and I've right never seen anything like this. And right now he's just he's making a fool of uh, a fool of dream in there. All the bravado, all the strength, it's just coming up against nothing here. Whoa. The fuck? Oh. Again with the arm! Oh my god! So he's just whooping his ass right now. Like, Velveteen Dream is not ready for this fight. Oof. But now we're trading the strikes, and now we're seeing... All right, can, can get hit. Dream's going to have to dig deep. But how deep can he dig? That's the question. Ooh. Oof. Oh, God. Oof. And just look at... I love the way that that dream sells. He smacked his head on the floor like that. What the fuck was that? What? Uh, oh my just god! Look at the expression on Dream's face. He's dying a slow death in there. This is it. This is the make or break moment for him. And <laughs> <laughs> stop! What? Oh, this is and, the weirdest and, fight. And Black looks away. He points to the tights. He's like, look, I made these. <laughs> and now he gets it. And this is the real fight. This is all mind game. It's all in my game. They're pretty evenly matched. They're going to psych one of each other out. Like, what? He's matching him? <laughs> Stop. You can only fight queer with queer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and again. And now a quick pinning combination. Again, the arm. Oh, he's just destroying oh. him, though. What, he snap him against the he rope? snapped him against the ropes, dove through the that. ropes. Yeah. And now, boom! Ooh. And just look at that. Right, He's, now Alistair feels some real fucking pain. Right, so now the tables have turned, right? We saw, uh, we saw Dream do something unconventional. We wouldn't expect a rookie to do something like that, to counter by diving through the ropes and knocking his opponent against the, uh, against the cables that way. So, he's... Right now, just taking it to Alistair Black. Alistair Black really surprised me with that. That bend over and, like, yeah. lay down on the stage before <laughs> before Velveteen. That was really impressive. I didn't expect that from that dude. So now... Oh, you are not going to try that. 
<laughs> wow. Again from the Randy Savage the playbook. Show. Just the just the showboating, but at this point they're just this is all mind games. This is all mind games. And now Ooh, ooh, ooh. And now Alistair Black countering from uh from what Dream did to him, hitting his throat against the ropes. And again, the strength. Just no Oof. basic moves on this dude. You cannot hit any basic moves. But everything, and this is key, this is telling us everything we need, we need to know about, about Dream. Every big move that he's hit so far, every reversal in momentum, every reversal in fortune, has been on instinct. Yeah. You know, Dream threw, or uh, Black threw him against the ropes, he came back and hit that super kick. Before, when he had him in that arm lock, and he just dove through those ropes and and no, he's and a took true underdog. You know, he yeah. hits like those tight spots where you're take really the, trapped. Just boom, and he, you could see he was off balance when he hit when he went for that pin, which tells you that he's got. This is a uh, rude awakening straight from Ravishing Rick Rude's playbook, but he's got all the natural talent in the world. His challenge is putting it together. His challenge is being able to hit these moves when he wants to hit them. Black can hit his moves when he wants to hit them. I'm amazed by how invested I am in this fight right now. I can't even hear it. I don't watch wrestling at all, but somehow you've got me oh, to give a shit about this. I, I didn't do it. This is all This is all Dream and Aleister Black. Yeah, you're right. I mean, to be, to be fair, I picked this. Uh, I picked this because I, I know thought, this is man, cared towards me. But yeah, I thought I thought this would this would totally be uh, be up your alley. And this is an interesting counterpoint to the hold that that Alistair Black had on him that octopus stretch. Yeah, which was so complicated, and he's just sitting on the small of his back, his back cranking up on his chin. Ooh, punch to the kidneys. That does not feel good. Ooh, ooh, dude, you gotta stop going for these really basic moves. Well, that's the thing. He doesn't have the move set that Alistair yeah. Black has. Yeah, Velveteen is just like so. Bro- everything he does is so broadcasted. Yeah, well, he's bigger than life. And, well, he's 22 years old. He's been doing this for, what, two years? He's, uh, all he's got is the basics. Yeah. He could do them, he could do them well, and he can do them big. But, okay, here's one of my ooh. favorite moves is trapping a guy in the ropes. Andre the Giant used to, this used to happen to Andre the Giant in like every other match. He loved doing this spot. <laughs> What's my name? What's my name? Oh, I remember this. A slap. Ooh, Ooh, no. Oof. And again, well, don't trade strikes with Alistair Black. Right. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Ooh. And here's Alistair Black building that momentum. Usually, he wins his matches. Ooh, that was a nasty slam. Yeah, he, he normally wins his matches with flurries of offense like this. Oof. Uh, he's a little flashy, though. He's, he's, a, little, flashy. he's a little flashy. But Ooh, he took that. he's definitely had to dig deeper than he thought he would to, uh, to take out Dream. This is a good... Fu- <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking awesome. That was fucking awesome. And now he's starting to telegraph, though. Is he getting caught up in this? No, it, it, that's exactly what's happening. Like, he's realizing he has to match Velveteen. Right. So now this is his big move. He, uh, he lifts him up. And he, oh, he, he telegraphs this kick. He lifts you up with his foot, and then he kicks you right in the temple, and that's his big finish. But he telegraphed it, and Dream countered. Oof. Oh, that was nice. Escaped. Yeah, you Oof. really see Velveteen struggling with Oof. a lot of these moves that he's trying to do. He's not ready. Oof. Kick to the head, and then... Ooh! Again, on instinct alone, can't quite make that he cover. He has no idea what he just did, even. Right. Oh, oh but look at Black. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to think, if, it, if, this is a, if this is six months down the line, this is a year down the line, if he knew where he was in the ring, if he had the instinct to hook that leg on that pin... You know what it is, though? Even if he loses this fight, 
I don't think it'll crush his career because he's gonna learn so much from this experience ass dude. Like all these new moves that he's busting out will be refined. Yeah, he's he's learning stuff that he didn't even know that he had. Yeah, and not only is Alistair Black finding out these things, not only is the Dream finding out that he has these things, the fans are finding out that he has these things. No, this is a great storyline for these two characters. This is big. I'm I'm glad these two fought. This is cool. I know this is this okay. is such a great round. Try it. You're gonna flip. You're gonna. Get, you're always. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Wait for the punch. Oh. Ooh. Back of the knee. Oof. Oh, knee to the head. Okay, so now Black is very emotional, which I, Oof. which I think might be the end of his downfall, because this dude's supposed to be super focused and shit. What? Was <laughs> that? <laughs> who even flipped who? That was a that, that was, was sort Velveteen. of a, a folding yeah folding DDT from Velveteen Dream. Uh, did you notice that he tried to go for that earlier in the match? Yeah, and, and it wasn't and working. Black had it scouted, but again, just the arm to. Oh, oh my god. Okay, well they're both fucking they're both fucked up. So at this point at this point this is starting to feel like Rocky. Isn't it? A little bit. Because it, it feels like Velveteen Dream is going the distance here. No, this is like a new I can I don't know anything about this dude except this fight, and I know this is like such a huge moment right now, like yeah, you could see the desperation. He's showing the desperation, and he's going for his his finishing move now, which is the uh, purple rainmaker flying elbow drop, adopted purple from Macho. Yep, adopted from Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> he's going That's up, awesome. and he's got to take. Oh, he's it. still got the hips though. He's got. I love it. how he stays in pain. Oh. oh, and now rolls have reversed yet again. Now he's he's at the mercy of Alistair Black. Referees try to help him out. Look at the look on his face. Oh, tan this ref is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's Oof. out. Nice kick. Oof. Oh. At this point, dude, I don't understand how they do these fights like. This has been so much. Yeah, this like, this hasn't this even been too long of a match. We're probably only at about... Uh, no, and they've done so many flips and crazy-ass holds. Like, they have to be exhausted. And the Dream is out on his feet. Yeah, dude's been shaking for a while. And this is what I'm saying. He's... Oh! Oof. And he takes that kick. One, two... Ooh, Oof. that... See, that's... Is that it? That's it. That's wow. a three. Wow, dude. That's a three. Closer than you wanted it to be, though. Yeah. Closer than you fucking wanted it to be. Closer than he thought it was going to be. He. You could see in his face, he thought he had Dream's number. He thought this was going to be a quick bite. He thought he was going to prove that... Uh, wow. Here we go again. We're going to see the uh, some highlights here. Oh, just a massive knee strike. But Dream had enough to get out. And here's that folding DDT. That was so dope. Oh. And you know what? Maybe if he hadn't telegraphed, maybe if he hadn't gone for that hip swivel right here, maybe he would have taken it. Yeah, but it. is it even a finishing move if you don't do the <laughs> hip swivel? Does it even count? And now, here we go again. Ooh. Wow. But he was still on his feet. Is he going to say his name anyway? Oh, uh, my God. I don't know. That would be perfect. That would be it? so fucking cool. And he's lost, he's lost the fight, but he is not done trying to get his attention. And Black's got the microphone. And he says, what do you think he says? I think he's going to say Velveteen Dream. 
Enjoy Infamy, Velveteen Dream. Yes! <laughs> Fuck yes! Oh uh, my god, that's awesome. Dude, oh my god. There's like an arc yeah. with these two. I bet there's gonna be some shit. And, Val- and Alistair Black leaves, and he leaves the dream in the ring by himself. He leaves the ring to Velveteen Dream. Because that's whose match this, you know, this match belongs to Velveteen Dream. This was his story. I mean, it was clear. And it was really clear who was going to win the fight, really, in, like, the first three minutes you know what's going down, like... Yeah. Well, again, that's Rocky, right? Yeah. So it's interesting that you said that this is uh, sort of about uh, about this rivalry. These two guys won Rivalry of the Year, essentially on the strength of this match alone. This is the wow. only match they've ever had. And they got rival the Rivalry of the Year? Yeah. That's very impressive. Yeah, Rivalry of the Year for 2017, based on, you know, the handful of interactions that they had before this, which we saw in the, uh, sort of the promo video, mm-hmm. and this this match. At this point, now, uh, currently in, good God, July of 2018. Which is now. Which is now. Um, this was November 2017. Okay. So. New, oh, wow, this is all really new. This is very, yeah. And right now, Alistair Black is the champion of NXT, the promotion that we were, that we were just watching. Oh, shit. A- anybody who's anybody kind of knows that Dream is coming. He's beaten a couple challengers that weren't real challenges for him. The only person who's really been a challenge for Alistair Black thus far is the Velveteen Dream. The youngest kid. Yeah, the kid. Uh, and the fucking kid, which is, by the way, also the nickname and the... Actually, the only name that Prince is given in all of Purple Rain. They never call him <laughs> Prince one time. He is just the kid. Just the kid. How how Western. Yeah. Yeah, it's very Western. And it's, I... Does not understand the culture of it at all. Though. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great movie. So, he's, a, he's got this rare ability to look more like a star in a loss than a win. Well, yeah, I mean, he... Like I said before, like, the star power aspect, like, you can't combat bringing showmanship like that, like... You can be stoic, you can be big, you can be tough and shit, but if some dude's gonna shake his hips before he crushes you <laughs> on stage, even one time, like, <laughs> you're gonna remember that dude over anybody. Like, yeah. He's so flamboyant and, like, likable. Like, right. He's really likable. Because you want, you want Dream to win this match. Yeah, I, had, I was so wholeheart- wholeheartedly rooting for this dude. Wholeheartedly. <laughs> <laughs> Rooting for this dude, like I, I was really invested in that. That was amazing. You want him to pull it out. You want him to, uh, to achieve this notoriety, or as, as Alistair Black said, this infamy. Yeah. Like you want that for this guy. I mean, it's an underdog story, and it, it felt like, it felt like I was watching an anime. Like not like a main fight. Like two guys that are on the same side, and you're like, there's one stoic dude, and there's one up and coming kid. He's like, I can beat anybody. Like I will take you out. And like they fight, and he gets his ass kicked. But then the older guy's like fucked you though like I saw what you did like later on yeah it's, it's very early Dragon Ball right yeah yeah like you hit that time skip yeah, like well, Goku lost at the World Martial Arts Tournament like 10 times before he finally won yeah and he was a flashy little fuck yeah he's annoying he's like I can do the after image technique ha 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 and they're like yeah dude but you're like, no <laughs> <laughs> he fought uh, he fought Master Roshi at the first the first one that they did or Ma- as Jackie Chun yeah you remember Jackie that? Ch- oh my god and and Jackie Chun who at that point is like 150 years old yep and like has the power to blow up a moon and just Master Roshi I guess Kamehameha has always been well yeah cause Go- well, that, Goku yeah. turned into the into the great ape at the martial oh, arts tournament right and he had to he had to blow he up the moon oh my god I haven't seen Dragon Ball so yeah much. and and at Roshi at like 150 years old just barely ekes out this win against Goku and that's pretty much what we just watched yeah Remember I mean that's part? a very different fight because Goku is not a human so right well <laughs> I'm not entirely sure the Velveteen Dream is a human either I feel like he might be some type of alien might some, some sort of a ethereal being yeah like Prince yeah, comes from the just same sort of, planet as Prince, just, and possibly me. Coal, just coalesce out of out of like dry ice and <laughs> <laughs> and funk and like roses <laughs> and roses like the Powerpuff Girls and just sort of, and Chemical X. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh shit! So so all right, we we touched on a little bit, but so what, what did you think of this match? Is this is this what you were expecting this match to be? Is this um, what you were expecting wrestling to be? I, I know wrestling, but I don't think I ever revisited it as a performer. 
and you know I've spent the last ten years on stages like trying to refine my craft on the music side of things and trying to figure out what captures an audience and how people remember you and what people really lock onto and like to look at wrestling from this standpoint now with all of this experience I have in the entertainment industry like it's a, it's such a hard game to play because like you said it's not about the fighting like Alistair Black is the best fighter in that ring but he was not the star at any point no like it's it's acting and it's this amazing athleticism like they're obviously it's fake like they're not beating the shit out of each other but they're still beating the shit out of each other <laughs> yeah, like that, I don't give a fuck that didn't how feel they, great no no and there were some serious moments like that roundhouse to the face at the end like dude got up and did a flip after that like yeah. I I don't understand the shape that these men are in like it's really incredible like yeah. I've I I don't know it's it's just impressive and it was it was fun to watch and I was on the edge of my seat the entire time like I was completely captured and completely invested in this show so no it's not what I expected honestly like I ex- I think of wrestling and I think back to like seven year old me being like where the fuck is my Pokemon game like <laughs> why why is this on like and now I I appre- I can appreciate it you know there's a ser- serious entertainment value here. And there's people who are working. Like, they're, these dudes are not jokes. No. Like, it's this is real. That's amazing. I'm very impressed. All right, so, so my follow-up question is, do you hate wrestling? Clearly, no. no. At least not in this case, right? No, no, no. I have, I have enormous respect for entertainers, and that goes across the board. And, like, this is a very niche form of entertainment. Like, I don't know who the fuck is following wrestling right now, (laughs) but I'm so glad that it lives because, like, it's it's just impressive and, like, it's something I could never do and I love watching amazing people do what I can't do. Like, it's a very particular art form. Yeah. And it's it's just, it's it's live, improvised, stage combat. Well, it's Coliseum. Yeah. It's our new Coliseum and we've been about that shit for thousands of years. Yeah. We, We love watching people go at it and, like, the idea of something being life-threatening and, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, these... this That was a dangerous fight. Like, those those dudes could have died at any point. Like, yeah. there's when, some serious shit. They're flipping off. When Dream took that tumble to the outside... I was and just it, gonna say, his yeah. his forehead on the ground. That was... Re- like, that could have easily just been his... Like, and he landed on his knees flipping off that stage. Like, it's not it, a small stage. Like, right. I don't... I don't care what the act is. They're hurting themselves. They're going the distance for this entertainment like I get it I totally get it and it's cool it is cool so no I don't hate wrestling I think it's extremely I think it's way cooler than I ever thought it was so if you don't hate wrestling I'm afraid I'm gonna have to ask you to leave my show (laughs) (laughs) yeah I guess that was the point you've turned me now I can leave (laughs) well my 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 point my, my my aim is always to sort of show people a different side of, of the art form that they hadn't considered before. I think in this case, I was very successful. Well, I mean, wrestling comes off of this very, like, hyper-masculine, like, oh, like, my dick's fucking bigger. Like, it's a dick-measuring competition, and it's rednecky, and it's, like, it has a lot of stigma because of that, and, like, right. I don't think that's fair to the performers, you know? I realize I've been unfair to the people who are working all of their hours away to become these amazing athletes and do these shows for people. Like, that was... That was incredible. I don't know a person that wouldn't think that was incredible. Like, I I showed this to my partner who lives in Germany, and, like, you know, she's very not, I mean, nobody's really about wrestling, but, like, she's not (laughs) trying to watch a bunch of dudes fight, and, like, I showed her the Velveteen Dream thing, and, like, just that scene where he, like, pops up behind Alice (laughs) Black, and just, like, yes! And and she was like, wait, this is awesome, though, and I was like, dude, right? Like, we were genuinely excited about it, so I think I think wrestling deserves a little more visibility. It's more, I mean, to to look at this in like a grander scale, I'd say that entertainment has hit rock bottom or (laughs) recently hit rock bottom. And, you know, I've seen it in my work because I am a performer and like I, the last two years were like an enormous struggle, but I think at the same time there is a renaissance happening in the art world. And this is the time where like these weird, little avenues of entertainment are going to be able to shine because they can become more independent and become uh, a little more varied from like the mainstream counterparts that they 
have to survive on, like, music even. Like, music pop garbage has been top 40 for, what, the past 20? Like, it's just been degrading into fucking nothing. Like, it's garbage. And from that garbage is rising, you know, all these people who, you know, are very talented but can't link up the mainstream avenues like everybody else can, and they're forced to find other avenues to to become known. And as that happens, I think that art will begin to grow again and become beautiful and become unique and become more than just, like, a bunch of old white dudes in a fucking, like, boardroom, like, no, this one sold the most, like, we can't do that, like, which one of these things, like, blah, 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 like, it's just a bunch of bullshit, like, people want weird shit, people mm-hmm. want new things, like, all the time, you don't run the, the thing into the ground, you make new stuff, people want new stuff, and that was new, yeah, that was new for no, me. No, no, Velveteen Dream is coming for John Cena, 100%. Yeah. oh my god, that would be the coolest fight ever, but I don't know how we would ever see him. Ah! <laughs> I love those John Cena memes. I, <laughs> John Cena's hilarious. I, I, I want to see Velveteen Dream with, uh, with, like, custom airbrushed jorts. Yo, those pants were incredible. Perfect faces. Perfect faces. That was an amazing outfit to wrestle in. I did not see that shit coming. All right, so that's that's uh, that's this is gonna be one for the win column, I would say. Uh, now, I do have uh, I do have one more question yes. that I like to ask all my guests. This is gonna be a difficult question for you because I feel like your answer would be the Velveteen Dream. But if you had to pick a wrestling character for yourself, what would it be? Oh my god, this is a ridiculous <laughs> question. Like, keep in mind you cannot pick the Velveteen Dream. I cannot pick the Velveteen Dream. No. Okay. If I had to pick a wrestling character for myself. Yeah. Um, I don't... See, I don't know if I know wrestling enough to do that. If I know these characters well enough to, like, put myself into one. <laughs> I mean, the wrestler that I always connected to the most was The Rock. And I don't think it was... I mean, I, it was probably his star power, really. Like, it was the presentation. Like, I'm, as you know, like, a very eccentric and flamboyant person. Like, I no. like... <laughs> you know, I like I like to be the loudest voice in the room. I like attention on me. I'm I'm a a, a light narcissist. Maybe. Maybe. Should Maybe. Be, well, your character should be the light, the light narcissist. <laughs> but seriously, and like the Rock always sort of had this narcissism to him. Like he well, always like came to the stage and was like sort of. Yeah, you know, it's very it's very overt, but yes, that that would be the character that I locked into. You know, not fashion wise, but attitude wise, like. Well, you know they they say a lot of times that the best character is you turned up to eleven. Yeah, exactly. So I I can see I can see you've got, you've got a, you've got a vibe about you. Exactly. You've got some of that it that we were talking about. Yes. That presence. You're agreeing with me. Right? Yes. Light narcissism. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a star. So, I fancy myself a star. So, uh, so, I, so, I, so I like this. It's just, it's just you dialed up a little bit. Yeah. The light narcissist. Dude, I would do it. I would, I would fucking wrestle. If there was, like, a league that I could fuck around with, I would get into it. Like, it seems like a lot of fun. Listen, I, my dream forever, forever. Well, when I, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a wrestler. Yeah. And then... Uh, when I grew up and realized that I did not enjoy being in pain. Yeah, that's, I that's, decided, see, that's kind of the thing. And it's I like, oh, like, man, I got to go to work tomorrow Yeah, kind of thing. So I decided that my ultimate dream is to be a wrestling manager. Huh. And to just wear uh, just wear a blazer, <laughs> like with my name in sequins on the back. You're Vince McMahon. No, I'm Bobby the Brain Heenan, man. Oh, who the hell is that? I've oh, no Bobby idea the Brain is. Heenan is my hero. Just like... Bobby the Brain Heenan was back in the day in like the the 80s golden age. Yeah. He was the guy who you put with the villain that you wanted to have the star power to face off against Hulk. Okay. So when Andre the Giant, the biggest, literally the biggest star in the world, they were going to turn him heel and face him off against Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 3, the biggest show of all time. Jesus, yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah, so what did they do? They put him with Bobby Heenan. Huh. They they put him with Bobby. Did they Heenan. sell Andre as a villain. They did. Who was who was sick. beloved? Andre because was he's be- like the sweetest. Dude. Right, and he was <laughs> beloved. And uh, well, actually, it was really good because Andre 
and Hulk Hogan, they, they did this ceremony where they both came out and got trophies. And Hulk Hogan uh, got a trophy for being world champion for three years uninterrupted. And it was like a big trophy, like three feet tall. And then they gave Andre a trophy for being undefeated for 15 years. And it was like 10 inches. <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking compass. Right, right. And it just looked like just a thimble in his hand. In his goddamn oh, uh, catcher's mitt of a hand. And so Andre was, was like upset about it. And Bobby Heenan in the storyline found out that Andre was pissed off that, uh, people thought Hogan was more was a bigger star than he was because he felt like he's been undefeated for 15 years that should be worth more than yeah obviously but right and he, and so he got it into his head that well the only reason that Hulk Hogan has been champion for 3 years is because Hulk Hogan never gave me a championship match oh or Bobby that, Heenan oh, put that's it in his such idea good drama right so so they're uh so Hogan is is arguing with Andre like like please Andre we're friends brother and Andre's just not looking at him and Bobby Heenan comes out and he goes Hogan did you ever once in your life give this man a championship opportunity no because you know that he would win good at these voices too by the way like you're oh thank fucking you fucking flawless at the I mean I know your voice acting shit from from D and D from D and D yeah <laughs> uh, we should do Randy Savage that's probably my best one yeah. Yeah, that's really fucking good. And also I do the Andre the Giant, but you know about Andre the Giant because we have Andre the Giant character in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, but that's that's a really good Andre the Giant. It's <laughs> <laughs> so cool, dude. I remember I remember specifically going to this extremely low rent wrestling show when I was in high school and realizing how good I would be at this because there was this guy he was the Libyan prince, I want to say. That was his gimmick. He was doing like an Iron Sheik kind of like, hey, I'm an Arab, but also I'm here wrestling in this high school gym. Boomy kind of thing. And, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, just, uh, we got to touch just, that one. Just a little good old-fashioned race baiting. Uh, so we're in, this, we're in this, this high school gymnasium in rural Pennsylvania. This I guy, love this. <laughs> right. The, this guy is the, the Libyan prince. I think he was Libyan. I think that was his, his gimmick. And and he didn't he didn't do anything. He you know he just came out and like existed as a brown person in rural Pennsylvania and got booed. Yeah, but didn't, immediately didn't I pictured immediately I pictured myself as his as his manager. Like and he comes out and just waves and everybody boos. And I pictured myself grabbing that microphone and saying, "Excuse me, this man came here to the United States because." He believed sincerely that the best wrestling competition was to be found here, and you bigots are booing him, <laughs> essentially for respecting the athletic endeavor to which you have paid money to see. Oh yeah, you'd be a great fucking manager. And they would have wanted to kill me. Oh, man. I, I mean, it's funny because when you're the villain in a wrestling ring, you're a villain to, like, white America. Yes! And, like, that's fucking weird. Like, that's that's the demographic there. I guess that's what's implied. I don't know. Like, that's such a weird balance. That's a weird chemistry to have in an entertainment industry. That's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, if you... Listen, if you were in this high school gymnasium... In rural Pennsylvania. I wouldn't have been. No, you Trust me, I wouldn't have <laughs> <laughs> I'm black, by the way, just in case anybody needs to clarify that. I'm a black dude. Um, so, yeah. Had you been peering through the window or something into this gymnasium and seeing the sort of uh, sea of whiteness. Peering through my telescope. Yeah, your telescope from a safe very distance. very diverse and queer town in New Jersey. <laughs> it's like, oh man, no, not yet. Oh no, I don't think so. <laughs> Let that boil over a little bit. <laughs> so yeah, had you, seen the, had you seen this crowd, you would have been like, I want to antagonize these people so bad. Oh, dude, oh my God, that is my dream all the time. Trust me. I mean, I, I came up in the New Jersey cover band scene like, that is what I wanted to do all the time. Like, I, I mean, it, that's pretty much a wrestling crowd. Like, West Jersey, like, bar scene, like, 2002 has never died. Like, it's living <laughs> strong over there, dude. Like, it was rough, but I didn't have the, the stage to tackle them because it's not like there's going to be some dope fight 
where I get right. beat up by another wrestler, and then I'm like, all right, everything's okay with the world. I'd just be like, that black dude said a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm still upset about he it. He said some things that I didn't care for about Mr. Bon Jovi. And I would have had to fight a lot. Oh, man, I got a lot to say about Bon Jovi, too. Don't even get me started on that. Oh. know if I know wrestling enough to do that if I know these characters well enough to like put myself into one oh <laughs> cats are fighting in the, the cats fighting in the hallway <laughs> I'm the cat fighter 